Hey, everybody, if you want to tell the world something or sell the world something, head on over to Squarespace because they're going to help you build the website of your dreams. Say you want to sell some custom merch. Well, you can set up your online store, whether you sell physical, digital, or service products. Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. So go to squarespace.com stuff right now and you will face a free trial. And when you get ready to launch, use our offer code stuff and then you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. How could you go wrong with Squarespace? Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and there's Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and there's Jerry. And this is the Stuff You Should Know Chili Caper Edition. Corporate Investigations, Las Vegas, San Jose, Chile. Yeah, and that means we get to use our special investigator nicknames. Seattle Clark, Portland Bryant, and San Francisco, Jerry Rowland. Uh, that's not bad. I would have chosen Tawny Katayan <laughs> for me. Yeah, that was... Uh... A very ham-fisted way to set up an in-show mention of our three shows next week. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. That was tu- actually <laughs> lost on me, Chuck. Next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. It's apparently lost on the Pacific Northwest because <laughs> th- no one's coming. Right. Next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we'll be in Seattle, Portland, and San Francisco Yeah. on January 15th, 16th, and 17th at the Moore Theater, Revolution Hall, and the Castro for Sketchfest. And uh, you have a uh, End of the World Live Friday night in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I have a Movie Crush Live on Saturday afternoon in San Francisco. I also have a Brooklyn End of the World one, too, on the 24th, just FYI. Hey, let's not get carried away here. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but those are the shows we have coming up, everyone. So uh, come on out. There's still great tickets left at all three of these venues mm-hmm. uh, and all five Probably I don't. I'm not sold out for Movie Crush. No, I'm not either. No. So uh, and especially those uh, into the world of Movie Crush shows, your best chance to hang out and talk to us personally because they're more intimate venues. Mm. Like I wear a negligee. <laughs> well, Busy Phillips is there, so I'm going to have on my my dinner jacket. Oh, very nice. Uh, trying to impress her with my tuxedo, look, <laughs> right? Which is not impressive. <laughs> tuxedo and jeans is a <laughs> it's a it's a look. So get all the information at sysklive.com, uh, or for the um, Sketchfest shows, just go to the SF Sketchfest site and come out and support us, everyone, and shake our hand, pat us on the back, or <laughs> spit on our shoes. Don't do that. Don't do that. Spit between our shoes. Just make it close, you know. Yeah, if you really hate us, spit between our shoes. There you go. Yeah, that's going to end up on a T-shirt, I have a feeling. All right, let's talk about Chili Fingers. All right, so um, back in 2005, actually, let's get in the Wayback Machine and go watch this thing go down. Wayback Machine just for this short distance? Yeah. I mean, it's not like we can walk to 2005.
This is actually kind of great, though, because when you're 48 almost, mm-hmm. to go back uh, 13 years. I want to go back, go back and do it all over. So all of a sudden I'm 35, which I thought was old. Yeah. But man, I'd love to be 35 right now. Uh, I'm pretty happy with 42, I've got to say. I'm not quite... I'm not quite happy with the kind of catcher's mitt that my face is turning into, but sure. everything else I'm I'm pretty glad about. Yeah, just wait. Just wait. Okay. Just wait oh, till 48 God. happens. Oh, no. You're staring down the barrel of 50, <laughs> and you're going, geez, I only got like 15 more good years left. That is so not true. Don't you know <laughs> 50 is the new 35? Is it? You know, what's funny is all the people in this Wendy's in San Jose we just showed up at are looking at us like, what are these guys talking about? I know. They're like, get your Super Bar order underway. Yeah. They're like, why don't you guys just be quiet and listen to Chumbawamba <laughs> like everybody else is right now? I don't think they had Super Bar in 2005. That was more like the uh, 80s and 90s, but still. What was it? Super Bar? Yeah. Didn't, you don't remember that? No. Wendy's in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Had the Super Bar, which yeah. was this weird combination of... Tacos and pasta and salad. And baked potatoes. And baked potatoes. <laughs> all Just like whatever you want. I forgot all about that, man. What a good idea. Yeah, the Super Bar was a weird, weird thing. But I ate it. So there is no Super Bar anymore. But there is, yeah. if you look over there, there's a woman named Anna or Anna Ayala. Mm-hmm. And she is sitting with her in-laws, her, her mother-in-law, her father-in-law, her brother-in-law, maybe a couple other people. Um, and she is about to bite down into a bite of Wendy's chili that she has just ordered at the San Jose um, Wendy's, downtown San Jose Wendy's, I believe, on March twenty second, 2005. Yeah, she's in her her late 30s. It's cold in San Jose. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's from Las Vegas, so she's not used to this. She's actually, so she's from San Jose originally, but she's moved to Vegas a couple of years ago. From well, sure. She, she has lived in Las Vegas lately and has been warming in the sun there. Right. And uh, is like, I don't like this cold. I'm going to order some chili because that Wendy's chili is so, so good. <laughs> it's meaty and warm, as Ed puts it. That's right. And so <laughs> she sits down. She's eating this thing. And then all of a sudden, look at her. She's, she's just she's she's upset, Josh. She's gone berserk. Everybody yeah. at the table's got their hands up, like, "Whoa, settle down!" And she's like, just pointed at her chili, her chili cup, which she's reached the bottom of, and she's saying that there's a finger in her chili. Yeah, because she just bit into a finger. Yeah, she looks like she's about to puke. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't see her vomit. I didn't either. But in court later, she would say she did. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can be key witnesses. <laughs> right. She's going up to the uh, the counter demanding, I think she just said to one of the cashiers, who did you kill to get this finger? Which is a weird thing to say. Yeah, she's yelling at everyone else in the restaurant with chili saying, don't eat that. Yep. There's said, fingers. There's... That's finger chili. That's right. Finger chili no one wants. Cha-cha-cha. She's starting to try to start a chant, I believe. And there's only one guy that's still eating, and he said, yeah, I ordered the finger chili. <laughs> right. He said, I think you got mine. <laughs> so she's freaking out. Things are starting to go down. There's a hubbub in the restaurant. Everyone's got every. – she has everyone's attention. She's saying that she just found a finger in her chili. The people at the counter are incredulous. They're kind of poking at it a little bit. They're saying, I think it's a vegetable or whatever. Yeah, it looks like but, a carrot to me, lady. 
Right, a very pale carrot with a fingernail on it. And it's the fingernail, really, that does the trick. After this point, it becomes clear to everyone in the Wendy's that there is a finger that this woman just found in her chili. There's a fingernail on it. It's about an inch and a half of a finger from the tip to, well, about an inch and a half down. And she just bit down on it, and she found it in her chili. So the Wendy's employees react swiftly. They dump out all the chili. They They call the police. The, uh, the police come by and they say, well, this is a health department kind of thing, really. And the police leave. And the uh, Wendy's employees call the owners of the franchise, J.E.M. Management. And they say, don't do anything to that finger. Put it in the freezer and we'll be there in the morning. And at this point, Ana Alea leaves or Ana Ayala. This is going to be very difficult because um, I want to say Alea. Yeah. She leaves. Her, families are take, her family members are taking pictures of the location and... A huge national story has just begun. By 10 o'clock that night, this happened about 7, by 10 o'clock on the local news, there's an unconfirmed report of a woman who found a finger in her chili at Wendy's. And Dave Thomas gets indigestion immediately. Well, he'd been dead a few years, so that'd be phenomenal. I thought he was alive then. He died in 2002. Okay. Well, he's rolling over in his grave. But by this time, you know, he'd really kind of made Wendy's like a really loved and respected, you know, restaurant because everybody thought Dave Thomas was so great. Well, yeah. And as are we uh, out of the way back machine? Are we done play acting? (laughs) I was serious. But yes, we are. (laughs) Well, you were seriously play acting. You were Laurence Olivier, maybe. I was delusional. I thought we were in that. (laughs) Okay. So, uh. Immediate, almost immediately, word starts to spread on the news, obviously. Mm-hmm. And as you might well imagine, the Wendy's restaurant chain, especially in the, in the area, in the Bay Area near San Jose, um, it really starts to take a, a business hit, mm-hmm. as you would imagine. People are not like, oh, they found a finger in some Wendy's chili. That really reminds me how much I love Wendy's chili. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Let's go out and get a hot cup. Right. Because uh, they are sort of famous for their chili. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, the, if you want chili at a fast food restaurant, you're going to Wendy's because you're not going to find it anywhere else. They really planted their flag in the chili market. Yeah, the old A&W's had pretty good chili. Oh, yeah. But you wanted that on a, on a dog. Sure. And, uh, and of course, the uh, Midwest, still very famous for their Skyline chili, mm-hmm. uh, which is delicious. Is that? I guess that'd be fast food, huh? Yeah, I think they actually have Skyline chili restaurants. Yeah, yeah, which is good. It's quite good. It is. Um, But if you're going to go just about anywhere in the U.S. and you have a hankering for chili, you're going to go to Wendy's. But like you said, sales started to plummet. And not just like chili sales, all Wendy's sales started to take a hit, especially in the Bay Area, like you said, especially in in the Western United States. Um, People were just kind of grossed out by this whole idea. Um, But like I said, the, the... the cops had shown up and decided it was a health inspector's or a health department's jam. They didn't really have anything to do with it. So the next morning, uh, the owners of the franchise, the county health inspector, they showed up. I think they contacted Wendy's communications department, and the gears were starting to move. There was something that they had to deal with, and that was basically threefold. It was really twofold as far as Wendy's was concerned at first, but the third one crept in pretty quickly. Whose finger was this? Sure. How did the finger get into the chili? Yeah. And then after that, 
who was this woman who who found the finger in her chili? And the, so Wendy's really started to focus on the first two because um, one thing, this whole the way that this whole thing played out, the cops were very hands-off at first. They felt this was a, a health department issue, a, a public health issue, and not a police issue, and basically said, you need to go figure this out yourself, Wendy's. And so Wendy's had to do a lot of extra legwork that they probably wouldn't have had to do had the cops decided immediately that it was a, a criminal issue. But in the cop's defense, it didn't appear immediately to be a criminal issue. It appeared to be like a woman found a finger in her chili at Wendy's, and that's gross. So go figure it out, Wendy's. Yeah, uh, I also bet there was like one guy who literally ate, went to that specific Wendy's to get chili the next day <laughs> and was like, dude, that's the last place you're going to find a finger in your chili now. Right, yeah. Like there's no way it would happen again. What are the chances? Yeah, like flying on an airline right after they have a crash. <laughs> He's like, you go to Burger King, you're going to get a finger. They're going to purposely give you a finger, man. <laughs> Don't be naive. All right, so did you introduce uh, Police Chief Rob Davis yet? Not yet. All right, so this is the guy, San Jose Police Chief, that would ultimately uh, lead this investigation. Later on, though, after Wendy's did a lot of the initial legwork for him. Yes, he would lead the investigation. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he basically was like, I got to find out who this lady is. Because Wendy's, they're operating on the down low here. Uh, <laughs> and this this is a sort of a, and apparently this is this case is taught in, in classes now about like how to handle a crisis as a corporation. Yeah, I've seen I've seen it criticized. I've also seen it held up as a as an example of what to do too. Well, I mean, here's what Wendy's, can and can't do. What they can do is quietly throw a lot of money at this investigation on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then publicly, what they can't do is, is start to go after this lady and be too sort of um, dismissive of this finger. Like, there's no way, lady. This lady's nuts. She's whatever. She's after money. Like, you can't do that as a public-facing company. You have to be doing all your due diligence sort of quietly. And they really were. They really were. So how, how about this, dude? Let's take a break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the investigation that Wendy started. How about that? All right. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, like digging for treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. 
There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Chuck. So, like you said, Wendy's can't just be like, that lady's a liar. There's no way that's our finger. Um, They had to basically operate in the background. They couldn't appear like they were obstructing the police investigation. They couldn't appear like they were smearing uh, Anna Ayala, especially because the early reports were very sympathetic to this woman, too. Everybody was very grossed out by this. Sure. Um, but at the same time, they had they had to deal with this issue, and they had to get to the bottom of whose finger this was and where the finger came from. Yeah, and so the obvious first place to start is the restaurant itself. Uh, the employees there, the, the very obvious first place to start is to see if anyone was missing a finger. Sure, and that's what they did. They said, show us your hands. Yeah, everyone looked at the, everyone's fingers. They were all there, and they went, all right, so far so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would eventually uh, put everyone on staff through a polygraph test, um, which they all passed. Uh, they would, obviously, then they would go to up the supply chain right. to see if this thing might have, because, you know, these things happened. Um, yeah, rarely it, they do, though. Well, I, I found five other cases of fingers in fast food. That were that were legitimate? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So it happens. Up wow. the supply chain, you know, it, it, there can be an industrial accident that leaves a finger in a bag of lettuce greens or something. Mm-hmm. And that might eventually find its way to a Wendy's super bar. Oh, my God. You know? <laughs> Doesn't happen much. Uh-huh. Like, I, don't, I wouldn't be too freaked out. I'm still freaked out. We'll we'll go over those at the end. Okay. Um, But they're going up the supply chain. They're really doing their due diligence. They can't find – they offer a reward at first of 50 grand, later 100 grand. Well, they set up, yeah, a hotline for tips. Uh, But they're they're basically, as time is going on, becoming more and more confident that they did not have a finger in that chili – Right. By their own fault. They they traced the chili ingredients to seven different suppliers, and they got documentation from all seven suppliers that nobody at their companies had suffered any kind of finger in- injury at any, any recent time. And also, like you said, no one at the store, no one at any of the nearby stores had suffered any finger injury, let alone an amputation. Um and so Wendy's was like, this, this didn't come from us. This didn't come from inside our store. Um and they also, they kind of ran a, a simultaneous forensic investigation as well. They hired a woman named Dr. Lynn Bates, who's the CEO of a company called Alteca out of Manhattan, Kansas. And if you are looking for um, evidence or study of a body part that was found in food, you go to Dr. Lynn S. Bates and Alteca because they, are, they engage in forensic food microscopy. That's what they do. Is their that's their bread and butter is fi- is is studying body parts found in food, and she'd been doing it since 1986. So Wendy's went to her and said, "Here is a piece of this finger. Was this finger cooked in this chili? Whose finger is it?" 
She's like, I can't tell you whose finger it is, but I can tell you that there is no indication that this finger was cooked for three hours in Chile at 170 degrees. It just wasn't. So that was a that combined with the the Wendy's no Wendy's employer or suppliers employers missing a finger. That told Wendy's everything they needed to know that they were being defrauded. Yeah, and you would think just grab a fingerprint uh, police force, mm-hmm. uh, and they, <laughs> they weren't able to. They weren't able to. They they said if they had found a hand, that they might could literally look and compare mm-hmm. fingerprints, but they they didn't get a good enough print off it to uh, to do a, a legitimate database search. Right, right. They just had to sit around and wait for that hand to show up. Because that thing had been cooking in Chile for three hours. It had not been cooked in Chile for three hours. That's right. At any rate, um, so Wendy's knew what was going on. Now they had to go to the cops and say, we're being defrauded. Not only did they have the the search for the missing finger investigation internally, and they hired Lynn Bates to, to... uh, do forensic work on the finger itself. They also hired a detective to start looking around at Anna Ayala. And the detective turned up some very interesting stuff about her. Yeah, he was like, wait a minute. This woman has filed at least 13 civil lawsuits, some against major corporations. And they, he probably could have stopped there. Mm-hmm. And Wendy's would have just been like, Dave Thomas from the grave would have said, see there? <laughs> She's no good. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good Dave Thomas impression. So Although that, I think he would have said, like, she should still get the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I don't know, man. When you when someone is this, uh, has a pattern of litigious behaviors like this. Well, maybe he finished with prove me wrong. <laughs> uh, one, there were a couple of notable ones um, that it's, it's, it's sort of uh, frustratingly hard to find information. Um, she claimed that she won a $30,000 settlement from El Pollo Loco from medical bills from her daughter getting sick from salmonella. Mm-hmm. El Pollo Loco has always been on record saying, never happened. We did not give that lady a dime. Right. Uh, GM, she sued GM because the front uh, wheel of her, her car came off and there was an accident. And uh, that suit was dismissed with prejudice uh, when she fired her lawyer, was a no-show in court. Oh, is that what that means? No, no, no. With prejudice means you can't bring it back. Oh, okay. So you can't, you, she can't say, well, like, well, I didn't show up and my lawyer was bad, so let's do this again. Okay, I got you, I got you. So basically it, it was dead in the water. So she sued a former employer for sexual harassment. I'm not even going to comment on that one because I have no idea. That could very well have been legitimate. That one struck me as possibly legitimate, but she dropped it. Right. She lawyered up immediately with the chili finger, and everything made uh, Chief Rob Davis very suspicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this this guy that lived with uh, her family named Ken Bono, or Bono. What would you say, Bono? <laughs> I've been saying Bono. It hasn't even occurred to me it could be Bono. <laughs> Ken Bono? Maybe he's related to Bono. <laughs> Ken Bono, because the cops are starting to ask questions at this point. They do official investigations. They search her house. Mm-hmm. She claims that they held a gun to her head, ransacked her home, and, like, abused her daughter, which yeah. is quite a charge for a finger chili uh, house investigation. There's a picture of her and her daughter in the driveway talking to a reporter, and her daughter's got, like, her arm in a sling, but, like, the kind of sling you just go buy at the at the um, drugstore. Yeah. 
So this was a guy who lived, uh, Bono lived with their family. And when he's being investigated by the cops, uh, he said that this finger came from our aunt, our, our deceased aunt. It's her finger. Right, which is a weird thing to say, especially because Anna Ayala said, I, all of my aunts are alive. I don't know what this guy's talking about, even though he lives in my house. Yeah, what was he? Was he trying to get money? I don't know. That's what the part they, I can't figure out. I couldn't find much on that guy. Um, I don't know what the deal was. I, I also just saw r- references to a rumor that the media had been reporting on that it was her dead aunt's finger. So um, I didn't see how it came from him or what he was trying to do with that, but that's... That was the thing. But that was just kind of like a little side thread that I think also made the cops a little more suspicious, too. Like, that's just a weird thing to say, even jokingly. Yeah, but they did actually get, uh, while it didn't lead to the uh, whose finger it was, that tip line did yield some stuff at first, right? So, yeah. So, like you said, Wendy set up a tip line, a hotline that you could call in. And what they were looking for specifically, ostensibly, was whose finger it was. That's what they wanted information, the owner of the finger. Um, but they were taking any and all tips that people called in, and they started out offering fifty grand, like you said. They later upped it to a hundred grand, um, and it started to yield some tips, like pretty pretty much off the bat. I think the San Jose police and Wendy's is funneling this information to the cops um, as it comes in, like as good tips come in. Um, but two very early on came in uh, from what the San Jose police said. There were two different people who supposedly did not know each other who told very similar stories about how Anna Ayala had told them that she was fleecing Wendy's, that all of this was just a fraud for money, to extort money from Wendy's in a, in a lawsuit. So that, that combined with all the evidence that Wendy's had gathered that it, the finger had not come from inside their store, um, all of uh, Anna Ayala's background, uh, all of that put together really turned the tide, not just on a police investigation, but also on the media against Anna Ayala. And she had started this, she had created a huge media circus around this issue. Like she went on Good Morning America and I could not find it. I think Good Morning America just took the video down. Yeah, they probably just burned it. <laughs> because she just went on and lied, lied, lied her, through her teeth about what had happened. And just pointed at Wendy's and said, like, these guys screwed up and uh, this is the most disgusting thing that could happen to somebody. And I'm torn up inside about it. And they should pay. On, on national news about a week after the incident. Yeah, so like you said, this is all playing out pretty quickly. It's all over the news. It's all over late night talk show comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, just bad joke after bad joke coming out of Jay Leno's mouth. I won't even repeat the one that Ed included. I like the Letterman one. Did you see Letterman's? What was it? He said that she'd been spotted going back at Wendy's and ordering chili again because she was going back to collect all five. <laughs> see, that's good. Yeah, you got to give it up for Letterman. What What was Leno's? Something about him. They They don't. The chili now comes with fingernail clippers. Uh, the side see? of fingernail clippers. And that really just encapsulate, encapsulates the difference between those two men. It does. Although also, they have their joke writers, but still. The love of cars, I think, is also a big differentiator. Ugh. I don't think Letterman really cares about cars. Shout out to Brian Kiley and Rob Kuttner. Shout out to the mid-90s Letterman book of top ten lists that helped shape <laughs> me as a human being. Uh, Brian and Rob are Conan O'Brien's 
uh, monologue joke writers and have been for many, many years. Did I tell you, you mean I went to see Conan O'Brien live uh, with Ron Funches and a couple of other people? Yeah, um, was that good? Do some stand- oh, it was so good. And we actually, turned out we were sta- we were sitting next to a member of the SYSK Army throughout the show. Oh, no way. Yeah, he was like, are you Josh and Yumi? We were like, yeah, he was a good, good guy, good kid. Yumi was like, I'm Yumi, but that's not Josh. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's like, well, that's weird. I'm suspicious now. Um, all right. Where were we? All right, it's all over the news. This is all playing out very fast, but the the dragnet is sort of closing in um, thanks to Wendy's investigations, mm-hmm. thanks to the cops getting involved, and uh, Miss Ayala is starting to feel the heat. And like anyone who, and I think the cat's out of the bag now, right? <laughs> I think it was. She put the finger in the chili. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime someone does something like that, it seems like two things happen. They brag to their friends because yep. they're dummies to begin with. And then that net starts to close, and it all starts to fall apart. Right. So her response, and this is a pretty human response, she basically said once the media spotlight went from sympathetic to her to, wait a minute, who are you again, and how do you explain this thing and that thing and all this, she she was like— Never mind. (laughs) Yeah. That's basically what she said. She said, you know, I can't handle this media spotlight or anything anymore, so I'm just going to drop my lawsuit against Wendy's, and we'll just forget all about this. Yeah. And Wendy said, no, we're not going to just forget all about this. No, of course let's, not. Let's take a break, shall we? Yeah. We're going to take a break. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, like digging for treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
So I can't, surely when Ana Ayala was like, okay, I'm just going to drop the lawsuit and this will go away. There had to only have been maybe one and a quarter percent of her brain that thought that that was actually going to work, that it was actually going to go away. She seems like streetwise and savvy enough to me that that she knew it probably wasn't just going to go away, that that was nothing but hope, right? I guess. I'm curious about that. Uh, Yeah, I don't know, man. But, like, the more that they poke into her private life, then you learn that uh, she and her husband, uh, James uh, Placencia, mm-hmm. had uh, – there was a – and this one's hard to get information on, too. From what I can tell is they sold a trailer – a trailer park trailer that did not belong to them. Yes, for $11,000, she did specifically. I don't know that he was involved. He may have even owned the trailer. But regardless, she did not own the trailer, sold it to a woman for $11,000, and later on the woman and her children were evicted um, from the trailer that they thought they owned that they didn't own. Yes. They also learned that her husband, I guess from a previous marriage, owed a lot of money in child support. Mm-hmm. And so things are starting to fall into place to where they're like, this lady is always making up stories and suing companies. She's always looking for that get rich angle. Her husband owes a ton of money. 400K. And so this is all sorting. They're starting to uh, finger her, if you will, for mm. this crime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the worst pun ever. We met, We all. I thought we were going to make it through this, but no. <laughs> I've even been saying tip line about the finger and just ignoring it. I know you did. (laughs) But okay, all right, it's done. It's out there. So they finally, uh, like you said, even though she was like, oh, let's just forget about it. They're like, no, 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 we can't do that. Uh, And then there uh, enters a lady that just kind of, and it didn't end up having the hugest impact on the case itself, but it is worth mentioning, this woman named Sandy Allman. Uh, This is a little strange. So this is a woman who owned... uh, uh, exotic cats. Big cats. Leopards, jaguars, tigers, I think. Is that how we're saying jaguars now? Jaguar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. That's how the Brit says it on the commercial. Is it a year-end sales event up in here? Yeah, the Jaguar X12. <laughs> <laughs> so this lady owns these big cats. Um, this is uh, not too far from Vegas where she lives in Pahrump, Nevada, I guess. Or is it yeah. Califor- on the California side, do you know? I think it's Nevada. Okay. I don't know, actually, now that you mention it. Uh, and she eventually, I guess, has to get rid of these cats and calls in a rescue group that does things like this. Mm-hmm. They're like, uh, we're a wild animal orphanage and you're a dum-dum who bought all these animals you shouldn't have had. Mm-hmm. So now we will deal with it. And during this transfer of animals, she's attacked by a spotted leopard and it bites off her finger. Yes. And she says, she comes forward and says... I think that is my finger. No, no. I, I think actually a person who was at the wildlife rescue at the time was the one who called the tip line with that one. Oh, I thought because she wanted to take a DNA test and everything. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay. All right. Cool. So she's the one who called and said, that's my finger? Well, she wanted, I don't know if she literally picked up the phone and called, uh-huh. but she got involved such that she wanted to take a DNA test to find out if that was her finger. Gotcha. Okay, cool, cool. Well, yeah, because she had said that the last time she'd seen it, it was on ice in the emergency room. So I guess she wasn't the sentimental type who's like, I want my finger back. Would you? Oh, yeah. Float it in some formaldehyde? And- <laughs> Yumi would probably have that thing gilded and wear it around her neck. Oh. Yeah. 
goodness. I'd, I'd be like, that's my finger on Yubi's neck. Check it out. <laughs> um, but so the the whole thing was just a red herring, though, a blind alley, right? Like it, it, it went nowhere. No, it was not her finger. No. Um, there were some other tips that came in about the finger. Um, there, The Mexican authorities, I guess, just over the border got involved because it was rumored that a an incident with a ranch hand losing a finger in Mexico had been the source of the finger. Um, as, as Even as Ana Ayala, who, by the way, that whole tip about the trailer um, sale, yeah. the trailer scam, that came in from Wendy's hotline as well. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. By this time, I believe it was day uh, 22. No, I'm sorry. It was day... 30, 32, I believe, about a month after the the incident originally happened, uh, Ana Ayala and uh, Jamie Palencia, Plasencia, um, her husband, were both arrested in Las Vegas. Him for the child support payments, failure to pay child support, her for that trailer scam. And so while they're on ice in Las Vegas, Wendy's is still conducting this investigation. San Jose are still conducting this investigation. And they've got them. They have them on this other stuff. But I guess they just kind of kept them from running, and that's why they arrested them, uh, knowing that they were eventually going to build the case. I'm not sure. But that's exactly what happened. Because I think about 52 days after she walked into that Wendy's and put the finger in the chili and took that bite, um, they they charged them for grand theft for basically defrauding Wendy's. Yeah, and at this point, as far as the police were, were concerned, they were like, we don't even need to know whose finger this is at this point. Right. Like, that. that's really immaterial. But Wendy's, they still have a public relations crisis going on. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we really would like to find out where this finger came from. Just so, like... As many facts out there as possible will really help us restore our good name. Right. If we can actually pinpoint whose finger this is and exactly how this happened and let everybody know what, what went on. Yeah. So they, they actually, that's when they up the the um, the reward from 50000 to to 100000 right? That's right. And that's when they hit the jackpot, which is, ironically, they got two callers on the $100,000 line. Um, Go ahead, caller. You're on the $100,000 <laughs> chili finger line. Right. And then for the next 30 seconds, like, hello, am I am I on? Can you yeah. hear me? Yes, you're on. You're on. Are, are, Go ahead, caller. Go ahead, caller. Am I live right now? <laughs> so they call, the, the two people called. One to this day, as far as I can tell, has remained anonymous. The other one was a guy named Mike Casey. And Mike Casey owned a company called Lamb Asphalt out of Las Vegas, Nevada. And he happened to be the employer of Jamie Plasencia. That's right. And he said, it's weird because you arrested one of my employees, one of my longtime employees um, for this scam. And I also have another employee named uh, Brian Rossiter who lost a finger not too long ago. And I think they might be connected. I think that might be Brian Rossiter's finger. Yeah. And that's how the whole thing finally came crashing down because they got a hold of Brian Rossiter. They got a, they gave him a DNA test. They matched it to the DNA taken from the finger. And they said, it's Brian Rossiter's finger. Brian Rossiter worked with Jamie Plasencia. Jamie Plasencia was married to Ana Ayala. Ana Ayala found a finger in her chili. Ipso facto, something's rotten in Denmark, and that's how it stands. Yeah, and it's even a little weirder when you find out the details. So Brian is at work. 
Someone slams the tailgate of the truck on his hand, mm-hmm. cuts an inch and a half off of his finger. Can you imagine? No, dude. No. <laughs> Uh, cuts off his finger, and it's funny, too, because Ed points out, instead of, like, driving to the hospital, <laughs> hmm. which is what any normal person would have done, he had owed Placencia some money. Mm-hmm. Placencia, and this is a, a man, a husband of a woman, who it, it seems like they're both always looking to scam somebody. They're looking for the angle. He sees this finger, and he goes, hey, you owe me money. Some people say it was 50 bucks. We don't know for sure. I saw 100 almost everywhere. Okay, so let's say it's 100. Okay. He's like, you give me that that finger, and we'll just call it square. And not only that, my friend, but if you ever hear about this finger in the news, keep it quiet, and I will give you a quarter of a million dollars at some point in the future. Yep. That's what they call the carrot and the other carrot. Yeah, so he said, just drip some blood on this... Roof shingle, and that will be our contract. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. It's a sign X with your stub, your bloody stub. Yeah, this old used roof shingle. I saw, actually, I saw that he did go to the hospital and came back to the work site with his amputated finger, and that's what Jamie Plasencia was like, hey, hey, I'm man, sure he did. That, that what, didn't what are you going to do with that? Any sense at all. Yeah. That he would just be like, wait a minute. So they, so, so the, Brian Rossiter gives him his finger, and that's where the whole thing began. Just a, a couple months before, right? Yeah, and I think didn't didn't Rossiter himself also call the tip line? I didn't see that anywhere. Okay, I heard he called the tip line himself because he knew at this point he was getting no money out of the scam. So he thought, let me try and get this hundred grand at least. Right. And Wendy's never would cop to whether or not he got any tip line money. Right. And so Mike Casey, the guy who from all from everything it seems he was innocent of this. He just happened to put two and two together because he knew the guys. Um he said originally, hey, you know, my asphalt company maintains the lots of a few Wendy's around here, and they've always been good to me, so I wanted to help out. That was an article in May. An article in September is Mike Casey saying, you know, Wendy's never paid me that money for the hotline. So I don't know if he ever got it, but from what I saw, he was going to have to split it with the one other anonymous caller. I don't know if that was Brian Rossiter or not. Maybe Brian Rossiter was scared that Jamie Plasencia might do something if he found out that he had been uh, he had tipped him off or what. But there, supposedly Mike Casey and this anonymous caller were going to um, split that hundred grand. So whether Wendy's actually paid that money or not, uh, that remains to be seen. I, I don't know. I didn't see that anywhere. Well, in the end, uh, Ayala and her husband, she got sentenced to nine years. Mm-hmm. He got sentenced to 12 because I think they piled on him for the probably child support, right? Or was it the trailer scam? Yeah, he no, he got three and a third years for the um, the, uh, the the child support thing. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know how long he actually served. I think she only served about four of that nine. Mm-hmm. Um, she later revealed some more details, including – that she did cook the finger. Yeah. So uh, apparently it was not a <laughs> – it wasn't a raw finger, nor, nor though was it cooked in 170-degree chili for three hours. Right. But it was cooked a little bit. I think she just literally probably put it in a pan and was thinking like, oh, wait a minute. I bet, I bet they didn't think I would think of this. Right. <laughs> and cooked up the finger a little bit. One thing that she didn't think of, though, Chuck, was um, she uh, didn't bite the finger. And they found out pretty quickly through forensic investigation that there was no bite in the finger. 
nor did she throw up in the restaurant uh, like she said she did because there were uh, people in the restaurant that were like, no, she, I don't, she didn't vomit that I saw. And employees were like, no, she didn't throw up that I saw. Her father-in-law and mother-in-law both said um, that they saw her throw up. But, yeah, there was no evidence of vomit anywhere in the bathroom or around her table or anything. Yeah, and they did a pretty bad job. Yeah, they did. I was going to use a, a, a nasty word to characterize it, but I it's a family show. <laughs> so, Well, these are the worst kind of people, man. These litigious, like, uh, just, like, work for your money, man. Going around suing corporations. <laughs> I know. So, so mad. Wendy supposedly lost $2.5 million in verifiable lost money. They had to cut people's hours. This is another thing that kind of gets left off a lot. They had to cut the hours of the employees um, in the Bay Area in particular because there was such little foot traffic coming through their stores. So when they were convicted and sentenced, Jamie Plasencia and Ana Ayala were um, sentenced to pay back $170,000 in lost wages to the Wendy's employees. Oh, and they were also ordered to uh, pay uh, five hundred thousand to JEM Management, who owned the Wendy's, and then like another another substantial amount to Wendy's if if they ever profited from the crime. Man, bad people. <laughs> she was banned from Wendy's, which I don't know how you enforce that. Yeah, I was wondering that myself. Actually, it seems uh, like I don't know if there's every Wendy's has a picture of her or something like that. I know at sports stadiums they do that when people are banned, and that is a little more enforceable because, like, you can literally just have everyone be aware of that person that's, like, checking tickets and things. But Mm -hmm. you can't. How can you keep someone from coming into any Wendy's anywhere? I don't know. They can try, at least. They can send a message by saying, uh, you can't come here any longer. Uh, Arby's, Two Fingers, 2004, 2012. No. Uh, Cole's Frozen Custard in Wilmington, North Carolina, Finger. 2005, TGI Friday's Hamburger had a finger in 2006. Wow. And those were all verified and they found, you know, like uh, it was in the supply chain. Like someone lost a finger and it got mixed in and uh, it's very, just very unfortunate. I'm sure there were quiet settlements on those. I'm sure too. It's bizarre. I had no idea that that happened. I thought it was almost always either a case of mistaken identity or a, a hoax. I didn't realize that actually really happened, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, um, that's the Wendy's Chili Finger caper. If you ever wanted to know about it, now you do. And we're glad that you do. We're glad we're the ones that told you. If you want to know more about it, go read contemporary articles at the time. It's awesome just to see something like that unfold. It's so cool. Uh, And since I said that, it's time for listener mail. And hey, shout out to Wendy's. I'm sure, I don't know if they like people still talking about this or not, but... They did not put a finger in anyone's chili. Yeah, good point. Want to make that clear? Good point. Uh, All right, I'm going to call this uh, Adidas Puma. Hey guys, just finished listening to the feud between Adi and Rudy Dassler. Wanted to say I really enjoyed it. Uh, My dad is actually from uh, Herzogenrauch. We were an Adidas family through and through, and my godmother, Aunt uh, Aunt Helga, worked for Adidas as an administrative assistant for years. Uh, in addition to this, I almost jumped out of my seat when you mentioned the mayor of Herzo. You spoke of Dr. German Hacker and how he refed a soccer match wearing one Adidas shoe and one Puma. My Uncle Hans was the mayor right before Hawker was. Oh, cool. Yeah, I knew you wouldn't uh, be referring to him because he wouldn't have been caught dead in even one Puma. 
uh, because of my aunt's work at the opposing shop. Uh, I didn't wear Puma gear myself until I was grown and could buy it myself, and my entire German family called me a traitor. Uh, and this was in the early 2000s, so the tension is still real. Wow. Um, I'm sure it was lighthearted. At least I hope it was. Okay. In any case, I just want to let you know your research was spot on. Really love hearing about something I knew a little bit about. Uh, by the way, I also use your show in my classroom, teaching 12th grade government and civics, and the kids love it. Nice. So uh, shout out to uh, Jennifer Westner uh, Gajot at Thompson Stations, Tennessee, and your senior government class. Well, thank you, Ms. Gajot and class. That's probably not pronounced right. Gaucho? I have no idea. Gaucho Genev? Yeah. Gancho Genev, that's what it is. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us to say hi about uh, an old episode or for whatever reason, you can go on to stuffyoushouldknow.com, check out our social media links, and uh, you can also send us an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Are you thirsty? Well, Richard's rainwater is caught clean before it even hits the ground. Rain is naturally pure, so there's no need for harsh chemicals or additives. Richard's rainwater contains no chlorine, no forever chemicals, no microplastics, no nothing. Enjoy the smooth, clean taste of still rainwater or the cold pressured bubbles of sparkling rainwater. Just visit richardsrainwater.com to find a retailer near you. That's richardsrainwater.com. And for a coupon, text STUFF to 251-292-8887 and receive $2 off a 12-pack case of Richard's Rainwater. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.